0: You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. If there is one underlying theme for our fairs in 2020, it's the demand for our fairs to pivot. Today's guest is no stranger to innovation. He's currently navigating a capital campaign to build out a new fairgrounds and eventplex in South Florida. If there is one word I would use to describe him, it's vision. He's currently the fair manager of the Martin County Fair in Stewart, Florida. Welcome to the show, Jay Spicer. Thank you, Robert Smith. How's it going down there in Martin County? Uh, we're having a fair day. We're having a fair, we're having day. a fair day. I wonder how many times this season I will hear that. I'm the only one to get to say that in this town and uh, never gets old. <laughs> never gets old. So listen, for those of us who work the Florida market, um, whether we are entertainers or vendors or, or other fair personnel, we all have a good idea of who you are. But if you could give the listeners um kind of a quick rundown on who you are and how you landed in the fair market
1: well i landed in the uh, fair market through advertising i was a media guy I worked in many radio stations maybe some of you can pick up on that with my vocals but um i also did sales and marketing and promotions and the fair here in our county was my client and when mr overton the previous fair manager had retired Literally like five years went by and no fair manager. And one day I just went in there and said, Hey, what was that? And, uh, wh- what's it take to be a fair manager? Why is it so hard to find a replacement? So they gave me the list and I was like, well, I can do that. I can do that. Hell, I invented that. Here's a resume just for giggles. A couple of board interviews later, you start on Monday. I was like, wow. great. So I came in and sat down and I said, to uh, the office guy up front, I said, so what do we do? I don't know. So um, fortunately, we found this little thing called the IAFE. And uh, I've taken the courses, uh, waiting on one more till I can get my management done. What course is that you're waiting on? The uh, Institute of Fair Management. I have to take the working with your government (laughs) class, which I could probably teach at this point. Sure. Um, But then I'll be done with that. But the wealth of information coming out of that, and the networking, and going to the conventions, going to the summits, going to the any opportunity for networking with other fair industry people has been marvelous. Just there's so much to learn. I
0: learn every day. So you you have found IEFE to be just a treasure trove of information, then.
1: Absolutely, and I'm I'm going on nine years into this. By now, I I got a firm grip on this beast. Yeah, and that's what prompted me to you know see what you go visit other fairs first of all and say hmm that's interesting i'm going to borrow that that's interesting we're going to borrow that or hey we do that too that doesn't work for you doesn't work for me either That's out and um it's been interesting to see aside from an occasional hot tub show at some of these fairgrounds there's not a whole lot going on and i'm jealous because they have these huge properties with all these buildings, lots of space. sure. And I I feel like we're not serving our community as well as we could be. Got it. So that got me to thinking, I need to move. We're on nine acres and the county's offering up uh, a little over a hundred acres for us to move to. Yeah. And they have no intention of giving me that much property for a one week a year event. They're like, Mr. Spicer, what are you gonna do the rest of the time? And I said, let me tell you, so. That's so that, how it all kind of got started.
0: That, uh, yeah, so it's been obviously very um, <clears throat> busy for you guys this year in Martin County. And I, I want to get to the pandemic. The whole kind of point for us doing this new season of the Fair Game podcast was I wanted to tell the stories from our industry of how sure. 2020 has affected people. And I want to get to that with you. But as you just alluded to, you've got yeah. a really small grounds. You're in the middle of um, kind of raising capital to move the fairgrounds. Um, how's that going? What's the vision for your new fairgrounds down there in Martin County?
1: Well, the new grounds, we've decided that, um, getting money for a fair, very difficult. People see, they see the fair for what it is to them. They don't see beyond the Ferris wheel. They don't really understand why we have fairs. They don't understand that the fair really is a fundraising event for our organization to be able to do the things that we do to support the kids in the community sure so it and the COVID thing people are you know locked down it's hard to get in touch with people you can't go out and have a lunch meeting and solicit a check right um it's an election year all the people with the big money have been giving to the campaign so there's nothing left for us uh the grants through the state they're all giving us the same you know well the state's spending money like a drunken sailor so You can submit your grant application, but don't count on it. So um, I've been hearing this like a toilet flushing for the last year. Right. Um, But there is grant money for programs. So if you want to do programs on your fairgrounds, we, we, the fair people, we're not program people. Our volunteers are here to help out the fair. And we just have this really nice facility. So let's build a facility that you can run your autism program in let's build a facility. You can bring your boys and girls club in the YMCA programs that give them extra space. You know, if it doesn't happen in the gym over there at the YMCA, it doesn't happen. Right. But what if we had an archery center over here you could come to? What if we have an equestrian area where you can come in we'd have third-party vendors bring in some horses and ponies to, to do lessons or trail rides or Uh, What if we put up our own arenas and we can do our own rodeo? We could do dressage stuff. We could do barrel racing stuff, have more than one arena. So we're not changing and saving dirt. So you're Uh, thinking with your grounds, you're
0: you're thinking much larger than just a spot to have the fair. You're thinking a, a spot that the entirety of the community relies on throughout the year.
1: Yes. Um, At the San Antonio convention, the first year that they headed over there, they had Temple Grandin coming as a keynote speaker one night. I, I she said something that stuck with me, that the Apollo thirteen rocket had a had an issue, and they were able to put a square peg in a round hole because back then, kids used to tinker. Kids yeah. today don't tinker. They don't build model rockets. They don't play with model trains. They don't shoot BB guns. They don't build tree forts. They have no like on the fly, cognitive, problem solving skills. Kids need to get their hands dirty again. So our new park is gonna have a wealth of uh, activities that are agricultural based, if you will, that will give them opportunities to come out and experience some different things. Um, Even as much as our our historical village park, Florida Cracker Village and the farm, ag land farm that has all the different animals, crops and displays and exhibits on environmental issues, uh, all the different types of growing programs, whether it's raised beds, aquaponics, hydroponics, aeroponics, you name it, you'll be able to find how it works. So, so we got to get the kids involved and get their hands dirty.
0: Oh, I agree. Uh, I mean, I, and I'm I think, not going to run it
1: again. We'll build it. Right. We'll let the boys and girls club come in with the master sure. gardeners. And
0: you're just providing them. the space for them to be able to a safe space for them to be able to come do that program. Correct. Yeah. No, and I think it's a great idea because if you make yourself, um, you know, kind of indispensable to the community, then you, you kind of give yourself some job security for the entirety of the organization for the long run, instead of being a fair that maybe it's still here next year and maybe it's not. I I think it's, um, I think it's a great idea for the the future of the community. How has your community, um, as you've seen, been impacted by COVID this year?
1: So everything's canceled. The pineapple festival, the this festival, the all the Christmas parades in all the towns canceled, canceled, canceled. Um, it's really kind of depressing. People are in here in Florida, you know, we're open again full out. So it's it's starting to come back for people going out to eat. Um, there is an air show here coming up first weekend of November and ticket sales seem to be fine. OK, so they're not they're not scared to go out, especially if it's an outdoor thing we had done a survey here locally with our martin county event planners coalition and we started with all the leaders of all these festivals in town and sent it out to folks and said when would you be willing to go out to an event again and like 40% said within 30 days they would be willing to go out uh, okay. another 30% uh, up the 60 days out and so forth so it looks like those numbers are going up so it looks like by time our fair rolls around in February, it will be one of the first events open and people will be willing to go out. And we, we'll catch our might at the beginning. So that'd be good for us.
0: Yeah. So if you can take us back to early March, I mean, if you look at how things were rolling, the virus was starting to spread throughout the country. Um, but I kind of feel like nobody really knew just how serious it was gonna be. And then March 11th hits. The World Health declares it a pandemic and a really big thing happened in our industry houston livestock show canceled that day having you know several days into their event and they're the biggest in our industry so it feels like that was the point when houston canceled that a lot of us went oh this might be a lot bigger what's going through your mind when you hear of course your event had already happened yeah, but were lucky. What, you got yeah so a handful of florida fairs were lucky on that but what's going through your mind when you turn on the news and you find out the largest event in our industry has pulled the plug in the middle of their event?
1: Well, it was a little confusing because we weren't, we weren't sure about what this whole thing is about, right? And deadly, not deadly. And there's arguments on both sides, whether masks work or don't work. Uh, right. Coming from the uh, U.S. Army intelligence my, back in the day as a lad, I can tell you that the guys that work on your drywall have better respirators and you're you're putting on your face to protect you from the world's deadliest virus. Right. Right. So you can argue one way or the other. But that aside, you have these events where people are outside. Yes, they're close in, but then you see it uh, start to close. And once one closes, it's like a chain domino effect. Yeah, they fell quick. We had fairs here in Florida that were right after us. That were one hour before opening, and a state came in and said, "Sorry, you're not opening." And they're like, "Why not?" You know, there there wasn't any good explanation other than the virus. But, and again, people are visual. So unless I was to, you know, rub up against you and you know, in the in the car, and then I started to bleed from the nose, people, it doesn't seem that bad, right? Right. Like, it's not the plague. People aren't like dying as soon as you on contact. They're not even, they're not even agreement on what the contact is. So they're wiping stuff down. They're not wiping stuff down. You're wearing a mask. You're not wearing a mask. And it's kind of like a, a skit I saw on Saturday Night Live once about the eggs. You know, they, they showed yep. the family at the breakfast table and they're eating eggs, and a guy comes out of the future, wait. Don't eat those don't, eggs. Don't eat the eggs. Right? Don't eat the eggs, he says. And, and then it was like <laughs> five years later and same family, same kitchen. And the guy comes back from future again. Wait, eat more eggs. Yeah, you got to you know, do it now. Like, yep. It just depends on who you ask to win. Um, but as an industry, we've we, it was like, wow, this is going to be bad. Because it it's not just that one fair, that one event that got canceled. And, you know, boo, people didn't get to, go to the fair. They'll get over that. Right. But it's the entertainers like yourself. All of a sudden, you have no work. You have nowhere to go to work. Yeah. Um, The people that drive the trucks, the guys that provide the food. Here in Florida, where we're a huge agricultural state, you know, once the cruise ships close down, well, it's like 26% of the food grown here in Florida goes to the cruise ship industry. Yeah. So they're plowing under field. This thing was going boom. Yeah it was it was amazing
0: yeah you had farmers all over the country that were were dumping their milk because it was it was costing them more to bring it to market than it was to just water their other crops with it
1: right so one of the things that uh, i did was um we saw our farmers struggling our local green markets were all closed just like everybody else so we called called our uh, um local producers and said look i I can't do a whole lot for you, but for free, come out here on Sunday mornings, and we'll have a green market drive-through, and you can just go. We had about twenty-two vendors, farms, local farms, selling everything from potatoes to, you know, fresh seafood, because they had no other way to get rid of it. Sure, and you know that lasted until they relaxed the rules a little bit and opened some restaurants. Um, Things are still. People are trying to get their thing. Life has to go on, Yeah, right? There's things absolutely. you got to do. You just got to find a way that makes everybody comfortable. I don't care what the government says. I don't trust them half the time anyway. It's what you feel good for your family. So if we can create environments that they're comfortable in, then let's do it. If sure. they're not, I understand, don't, don't come out and do your thing. But like um, last Thursday here was a great example of how our, even our little fairgrounds can help. We had um, our sponsorship committee meeting, big room, chairs all spread out. They got to do their business. I had a uh, auto auction setting up out in the backfield, getting ready for this morning, actually, their, their auction. And they do their thing. We had a, uh, a band practice, a, a 17 piece orchestra practices here, spread out the chairs. They use the whole yep. building, they're practicing. The Spam Robotics Club, the high school robotics teams that can't go to school right now. So they moved everything over here and they have their own little building. It's not little, it's 5,000 square feet, but all their stuff is in there and they're doing their thing. And there's a church service in one of our open air arenas because the church has got nowhere to go. All that's happening at the same time on the same night, but none of it's on the billboard. Nobody sees that it's happening. So we get no credit for stuff like that, by the way. My wall, so, if you can see behind me, there's, there's no wall with plaques so of thank you.
0: For sure. So that, that kind of brings me to an important question here. Um, <clears throat> how do we in our industry, because we know in our industry just how deep our fairgrounds and, and the grounds specifically go in supporting our community. I mean, you look in Florida, it's not just, you know, Sarasota doesn't just have a county fair you guys don't just have a County fair. You very often, a lot of these grounds become staging for, um, you know, emergency response for hurricanes. They host the high school prom dances, they all sorts of things. Yes. How do we do a better job of showing our communities that these fairgrounds are absolutely vital and we need to make sure that they have longevity into the future.
1: There has to be an advocate on your government side that will promote some of your history and the things that you do. Um, if you're lucky that a TV camera will show up to cover the folks that are doing whatever they're doing there, but there's no mention of your fairgrounds. If you're lucky, you see your mar- marquee back in the background. Right. You know, oh, look, there's <laughs> if you, if there, you right.
0: spot it quick in that three seconds it's on screen.
1: Right. Um, yeah. One way to get in there is what I do because I'm, I'm not a ham, but I'm not camera shy.
0: And I will find (laughs) those guys
1: and just hang near them so they feel obligated to interview you or just get a piece of soundbite from you. Um, That, you know, the fair is here. The fairgrounds is a public property run by our organization for the government. You know, we are private 501C3. We are not part of the county, which our name would imply. Everybody thinks I'm a county employee. Right. We are not. And we are here to service our community with things like this. Makes great sound bites. Um, use your social media to make sure that the public's aware of what you're doing. Um, we have a newsletter, newsletter, uh, newsletter we put out uh, that, that lists all the things going on. Because again, it's not on the marquee out front, but you know it's the post office uh, food drive going on and everything sure. comes here. They yeah. don't know, they don't care. But just if they knew that we did it, there's something there. I would think, but it's just about promoting your facility. It should be a class in IAV about promoting your facility. I know there's a class on using your facility, but there yeah. needs to be a class on promoting.
0: Well, and I, f- I feel like that goes, there's a couple levels in there. And when you say that, yes, you one of the easier ways as far as production of the content is if you do get the news people to come out and cover something, they're producing it, right? You don't have to have the skill set and the equipment to do it, um, but I I almost feel like one of the classes at IEF in a convention should literally be like, here's how you take your iPhone and you produce a ninety second video using a free down free app download, mm-hmm. how to do that because I think in talking to a lot of people, I mean I teach social media classes at a lot of these conventions. I think where the the learning curve is is that. When I talk to fairs, they're on board with, yeah, let's advertise, let's put it out on social, let's do a Twitter, let's do Instagram. But they don't know how to get that content from concept to executing it and then have it in the can and ready to go and get published. And maybe that's the route of classes, we need to be like, here's how you produce with your iPhone. Because a lot of these fairs, I mean, you know, you talk, you look at just the audio equipment we have in our studios right now. Most fairs don't have the money for things like that. But Every fair has got somebody that's got an iPhone.
1: Yes. It's uh, so easy.
0: It is. It, if you it, I, I tell people if you're willing to put in the four to eight hours that it will take to look at a couple of YouTube videos and mess around with the app and go, okay, here's how I make the jump cut, here's how I add music over it, here's how we do this. You could produce so much content at scale for your fairs. Doing exactly what you talk about, where instead of your marquee just being maybe you see it over the shoulder of one of the people that's you know on the soundbite, now your fairgrounds is front and center and telling the community what's going on. And I've advocated a long time for that. I think I told a fair once um, that I thought their small county fair in Arizona, super so very much like Martin County, tiny little thing. I told them, I said, you know what I think you should do? I think you should spend the next twenty-four to thirty-six months every single event that goes on in your small town of, you know, 12,000 people or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. every single event from the high school prom to the high school football game to an art show to anything you should have on your Facebook page. Even if it's not at your grounds, you should promote it. And they're like, but why if it's not on our grounds? Because in 36 months, when someone's sitting around going, what are we going to do this weekend? They're going to say, Oh, check that County Fair Facebook page. They know everything going on in the town. Mm-hmm. And then you've locked down the entire town and you have that attention to be able to deliver your message when you need it.
1: One of the things I've found about what you're talking about <clears throat> is using the partnerships that we've, we've established. We have over 50 nonprofits that use our grounds for a variety of activities from Girl Scouts to the United Way. Yep. They come in here with their toy drive. They're here for a month and a half but there's all those groups out there that you can get involved with. Um, don't be afraid to sponsor some of your partner's events. Like we're doing the uh, Tikes and Teens program for mentally handicapped kids um, Christmas tree thing to do, where you decorate a tree, you donate it, and they sell it and make some money for their program. But so we're, we're participating in their event for them because they participate in our event with us. So you make these ties all over all over town, wherever you can get involved, right. offer to be a judge for some contest at the high school level or another fair or uh, one of these nonprofits having an event. Make sure that your fair is on everybody's mind. Top of mind advertising is the best. Absolutely. So they well, need what, to know
0: what the fair is about. <clears throat> what you're describing is literally, um, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time. He wrote a book about it called Jab, 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 Right Hook. And the whole premise behind it, I don't know if you've read it, but the whole premise behind it is give, 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 and then ask. I think in this industry, I think I see it on the fair side, and I for sure see it on the entertainer side, is entertainers by and large try to extract value without giving value first. And I think fairs a lot of times catch them without maybe even catching themselves, find themselves guilty of doing the same thing because a lot of fairs will go out to their community and go, we need sponsorship. Do You want to put your name on this stage. Do You want to put, and you see it when you go into a fair and here's a four by eight sheet of plywood with a sign on it. That's got 75 logos on it, which right, what, what does that do? It's worthless. It's just a waste of real estate at your grounds what you're talking about is literally give, 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 and then ask if you're top of mind, if you're the one, if the Martin County fair is going out saying, yeah, we'll sponsor that event. Yeah. We're going to help you host this. Yeah. We're going to do this. How can we help your, your business grow? Then when you turn around and say, you know, Hey, Jake's car wash, or whatever the company is, um, super glad we could partner with you on all these things this year, you know, our events coming up. And if you're interested in partnering with us, we'd love to have you. You're almost, you're giving more value then you're asking for in return. And it becomes, like you say, it's a partnership where there's a balance and everybody feels like they're valued members of the community instead of just a phone call once a year that you hit them up for 1500 bucks or 5000 bucks for a sponsorship.
1: Yeah, and I can tell you coming from a sales background over the years, when they only hear from you once a year, that's not good. Right, That's not good.
0: They feel taken um, advantage of.
1: I actually started something um, to kind of break that up because we do have um, smaller companies yeah, that, that can't afford, you know, $1,500 sponsorship right after Christmas. Right. So I, don't, I probably can't see that.
0: because Yeah, clipping a little. Put it in front of your chest a little more there. There we there go. There it is. This is called
1: the Fair Deals Program. Okay. This is like a credit card we had printed up, thousands of them. We sell them to our public or give them away at events. It's a discount club card where our fairgoers get a fair deal thats your <laughs> business. It's a way to send uh, fairgoers back to our sponsors. Sure. So we do, um, you know, it's like 79 bucks a month. It's like basically $1,000 a year, split it up over 12 months. So it's easier to pay. Um, and all we ask is that they give uh, our cardholders an exclusive discount, whether it's to buy one, get one. Sure. Uh, hardware store, local chain gives you 15% off any purchase. There's nothing to skew no coupons to keep track of it's like the entertainment book without all those coupons sure but its um, on our end we promote them through our, our social media platforms right we do um, our Facebook stuff we do our um, our website we put them all over the fair it's like a way for them to sponsor the fair ahead of time so they're they're involved with us all year long and here's another thing I'll just mention about sponsorship we own the grounds right right? I'm here all year round. Gun show comes through here. Antique show comes through here. Car show comes through here. Blah, blah, blah. Well, for the right price, make up a number. $2,500, $5,000. I can leave your banner up on that wall over there all year round. I don't care. Doesn't hurt anybody. Right. You're going to get annual exposure with all the events that come through here. Because most sure. of them don't have sponsors. It's just a gun show. Right. Right. So like, boom, right there was that big old banner. That's for, you know, Benny's auto sales. woohoo! Yep. Good job, Benny. Thanks for sponsoring the fair. We're, we're, we're helping you out. Sure. So it, it's making those partnerships. Sales is all about relationships, and you all know that. You got to keep it
0: going. So you with your background it. on sales, have you, at IFE or the Florida convention, have you taught a sales class?
1: Uh, they've not asked me to. I would not say no if they asked me to.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to get on that for it. um <clears throat> steve and marla and kate and everybody at ife if you're listening that would be a very wise choice and you know dan west down in florida may's coming around the corner (laughs) (laughs) i'd sit in on that because i i love i i i don't like i don't like sales that's transactional that's just when you're just trying to transact somebody Um, I think like you say, then it becomes that once a year. Hey, you know, you, you supported us with a thousand dollars last year. You haven't heard from us since the check cleared, but can we get another thousand? But if you make your sales relational, um, then I think everybody in the community wins.
1: One of the challenges we may have and that I have certainly is I'm confident in my abilities, but I'm the executive director here. I've got my plate is this full. I don't have time anymore to go out and door to door these guys or send off a hundred emails today or go, you know, you can't just send blind emails. It never works. You got to be out in front of them. And I don't have time to do it and finding someone that has the passion that I do, that will do it for you and not just be a sales guy. Right. We'll give them commission. Why not? That's how they're making a living. But you, now you got to train them to have the best interests of the fair at heart and kind of get them to buy into what you're doing, not just sales.
0: Right. And it's gotta be more than just, you know, going, um, doing a Google search for businesses in the area and just starting. It's funny. I say doing a Google search 10 years ago, I would have said flipping open the uh, yellow pages, but we're right. well past that now. <laughs> That's right. um, it, it has to be more than just go down the list of all these names, business names and numbers. I think it needs a really targeted approach. I mean, do you find that with Martin County that, you look at something and you go, we really want to accomplish this. Who could be the partner that we accomplish it with? And then you generate the list versus just, you know, throwing a yes. blindfolded um, dart at the wall.
1: Sometimes I will try to find a local business that is matched up in genre of our entertainment. Yeah. For example, a BMX bike trick show. Well, we have several bike stores here in town. We'll go to one of them and go, hey, you can sponsor this show. Put your big old sign there. And whatever night you want, because we know you're working all day. That's the hardest part, getting them here. Right. But they can come one night or two nights and, or the weekend and put up a table and bring some bikes and put them out there and promote your store right here at the bike show. Right. You know? um, a natural connection, they jump right on it. Sure. And they'll do it before you get to the next bike dealer because they don't want to lose that opportunity
0: yeah because they know they probably in the back of their head know that if you've called them that might be one where you are just going down the list of the five bike shops in your area and it's first come first serve i like that idea for sponsorship i anything where you can physically get them on the grounds or go out to their shop um i just i've seen we've seen so much logo soup in this industry and it just doesn't i, I mean i was I, I sponsored an event for as is Conjure fortune machine for a a big special event planners um, convention. And I was like, oh, there's my logo one of 70 or whatever on the sign. Nobody saw it. Nobody, you know, it was, there were some other benefits I got out of that deal, but logo suit just doesn't work. I think when you can really, like you say, match the right sponsor with the right act or the right exhibit at your fair, it can mean a really good, um, Turnout for that sponsor. Interactive advertising is the best.
1: Oh, yeah. um,
0: a great example is if you
1: can get one of your entertainers, we always ask. They don't always do it, but we always ask. Uh, for example, uh, a children musician, not a musician, a magician. Mm-hmm. We've had several of them and we tell them, hey, our fair opens at 4 30 in the afternoon. Can I hook you up on a Wednesday afternoon at one of the local elementary schools? And they have a little, they all have a little bullying program, anti-bullying program or a fire program or yep. whatever. And they'll go out and saw the principal in half and get the kids all wound up, come out to the fair this weekend. Yep. That's great stuff. Um, any of you guys out there know the robo cars. Oh, I love them. You know, they're great. And, and they'll do whatever you want. Cause they're from out of town. They're hanging out in a hotel, doing nothing. Yep. And I go, Hey, the Ford dealer here in town sponsored you. We want you to put your costumes on and come with us and hang out in the showroom for an hour. Yeah, absolutely. And, but and, your sponsor love that. And Jeremiah, they're all in there with their salesmen taking pictures for the kids. And Hey, look, oh, yeah. I saw at the shop today, Bill, you know, and.
0: Yep. And Jeremiah, who's one of the, uh, the main guys with the Robocars. cars. That man does more to help promote those fairs. He is publishing on Instagram, on Facebook. I mean, he is blowing it up when he goes to a fair as one of the Robocars, cars, he's all in right i mean if if
1: your box wasn't so hard to move and you were there i would have you go to like one of our restaurants at lunchtime and do some conjurer stuff why can't People i do that love it. I the restaurant in the back of the, love the truck
0: it. don't hey. say no for the other guy jay <laughs> hey. all right if you would do that i'm hiring you I'll, well that that's done, done what are you done doing deal. in february <laughs> yeah no we've um we have had, there was, we did the Arizona state fair once and they were like, Hey, we've got this live remote at four 30 in the morning. You know how they are. And, uh, for a TV spot at, with one of our sponsors and it's at this car wash that's on the North side of Phoenix. It's like 25 minutes away. Wow! Can you get conjurer up there? I said, yep. So that night I load conjurer out and, uh, got it in the back of the truck got it up to the uh i think it was a car wash did what we had to do did some magic up there for i mean yeah we can do whatever we need to do with that thing see so, it's
1: take the fare to the people get i like them, to say yes get them man it.
0: i like get to say them involved.
1: Yes. another thing we've done is to uh there's our we have the downtown a lot of your communities have the old you know the old downtown sure so, they have the pole banners that they put out on the street lights. Right. they like three feet by a foot and a half. So, we go out and we have kids submit artwork about the fair. And we select three of them. And we turn them into pole banners. And we put Perfect. them up down the street with the, the date and everything on it. And then we give them entrance to the fair and stuff like that. So, it's no brainer. But it's it's a great way for for them to be downtown and go. Hey, look! I painted that. You know, there's my picture. And uh-huh.
0: Absolutely. They love that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you, you could just got to get them involved. Yeah, you can even take that and, and replicate the artwork, and uh, you know, put it up in a, in a nice sign at the fair. Right. You know, and, and even they, in a
1: COVID they, time like now, mm-hmm. they can they can work on these things throughout the holidays and still submit them. And we'll find even if we don't get to have the fair we'll have a way to have them out on display
0: right i'll still put them you talked about if you know you just said even if we you know don't end up being able to have the fair um from a business standpoint for a smaller county fair because my gut feeling is when all of this shakes out over hopefully it's done soon but whether it's the next year 18 months 24 months Mm-hmm. larger fairs that are, you know, OC fair in the state fair of Texas. Um, these are not fairs that are going to go away, but mm-hmm. when you're dealing with smaller County fairs, I think there's a real concern um, that they could. So from a business stand, standpoint for you guys, how does potential cancellation uh, of your event and you know, what magnitude does that hit on? Yeah,
1: that, because this is our only fundraiser, for the year really yeah it has to float our boat for an entire year till the next fair so if we don't have a chance to replenish the coffers it leaves this organization in a a pretty predicament yeah financially
0: i mean how does how does that work do you guys end up with because i know from my standpoint as an entertainer um just because of like force majeure clauses and whatnot basically everybody who canceled on us said hey you know, let's try and hook up again in 21 and they'll just roll it over. Um, Mm -hmm. So they don't end up having to pay me anything, but are there contracts you guys are involved with, with like the ride operator or, you know, other, other um, vendors that you're on the hook for, even if you do cancel.
1: Right. So our Florida fairs, federation attorneys wrote a caveat that we've added to all of our entertainment contracts that basically says if what happened in our Indian river County fair, for example, when they walked in that day and said sorry you can't open in an hour right that's not that's not the entertainer's fault it's not the fair's fault the state shut us all down right and a, aside from kind of reimbursing you for your travel expenses right i can't pay you a week's worth of entertainment if i've made no money to cover sure. it. so it's like we all lose there i'm sorry and there's not much more i can do with you right um so fortunately most of them are up to 30 days out. You can swap out a, a contract. Right. But once you start spending advertising dollars, you can't get that back. So, sure.
0: And that's a lot you guys spend. Yeah. What's your typical advertising budget for the fair? Our little fair is about 45000
1: That's a lot of money, a lot of coin. Yeah. Um, and we don't make as much as our friends at the South Florida Fair make. Not sure. even a whiff. Of course they have more expenses they, they spend more than $45,000 on electricity every month down there I bet so I can't imagine if they don't get to go off either what would happen but if some of these smaller fares don't get to open after us again for a second time I think that could be curtains for some of those groups I mean you have it. insurance you got to drop it and like you can't pay a $30,000 insurance bill Without with no event on the ground. And yeah. then like you can't, and but you can't even drop, there's only two insurance companies that insure fares. So if you drop it, like how hard is it going to be to get it back? That's a, that's not a good position to be in either. Right. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of fairs are out there doing these drive-through events and things, but seems like an awful lot of work with not a whole lot of financial return yeah. And I understand, you know, it's for your community, stay involved and do that fine. But if you need it for money, that's not going to float.
0: Yeah. I was actually, I was going to ask you about that. You guys did like a, you, you mentioned the drive through um, like farmer's market. Did you guys do a drive through fair food event?
1: I did not. Um, our carnival company participated in that event with them. Mm-hmm. They left three stands out there that had pretty much everything you wanted, turkey legs and cotton candy and
0: all that stuff and it was just no it just didn't work out no do you know of anybody who executed on one that it it did work out nicely or these just been kind of uh some fairs have reported that they actually made some money
1: okay but i think location 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 i live in an area where on a nice saturday morning they're out on the boat their kids are playing soccer they're out playing but there's anything but coming over here and grabbing a funnel cake right some areas around florida there is nothing else to do sure so people will go just for something
0: to do and they they can do okay so as this um kind of pandemic creeps on mm-hmm. um what i mean we've talked about what impact it's had on the fairs and and on martin county how are you holding up personally i mean how is it working out for you
1: Well, we have enough to float our boat till the next fair and we've prepared a budget. I prepared a budget for, if there's no fair, how do we squeeze to the next one? Right. Um, Without having to lose my job because we don't want to do that. Um, Yeah. Trust me. um, You don't, (laughs) but I'm not stressing over it. Uh, I know that my vision for the new Agriplex is huge, even though we're having a hard time raising money. Right. But once the balloon gets off the ground, it'll all be worth it. I feel like Walt Disney, when he decided to move another location into Florida, like, yeah, there's nothing out there. It's just a big swamp, but I know what it can be. Right. So that, that keeps me riding high. Yeah. Plus I love the fair and I love working with people to put the fair on and networking with all the folks that have all these different things. I love looking for nooks and crannies of something different. Right. Like we have a battle bot competition here. Like on TV.
0: The ones where they have like the little, the little robots and they got to like flip each other over and destroy each other. Yes. So we've even had
1: guys from the TV show here because I found a little, uh, a, a small robotics club that likes to do that. So I brought them in here. We pay for everything. To make it their time in here, we even give them the sponsors to find the prize money and everything. And they're in here for a whole weekend. And we had last year, we had 70 teams sign up from as far away as North Carolina come down and
0: dissipate. That's some serious stuff right there.
1: And it's cool. It's like a 12 by 12 plexiglastine cage with the drop pit and the the hammer and all that stuff that they do. The crowd loves it. And oh, you're not yeah. going to see that anywhere.
0: That's really, oh, cool. I, I've seen some I, videos of it, some YouTube videos, and I just sit there going, how much time and effort did they spend to build these robots just to put them into that little arena and destroy them?
1: Well, it's crazy. We put out all these tables for their pit, and you go in there and it's just mobbed with all this electronics gear. And all. It's really cool to watch. And, you know, fair is, you can find things that you're not going to find other places.
0: Yeah. And that, I think we got to figure out a better way to get that message out because those are the kind of things that I think when people realize are going on at fairgrounds, if they really understand just how important our fairgrounds are to our communities um, when we hit hard times like this, I think you'd have a lot more voices calling your legislature, calling your reps going, listen, times are crazy, but you better make sure the Martin County fair survives this.
1: Well, yeah. yeah, um, you know, fairgrounds are notorious for, uh, FEMA staging. Um, Small business association comes in and sets up for loans, and um, yep. we have a drive-through flu shot thing coming in from the Cleveland Clinic next week. Yeah, there's a uh, testing sites out there on fairgrounds. Um, the if the fairgrounds are community resources, and you can't let them die. I agree. Can't let them die. So go to your fair people, anybody out who is not in fair business
0: watching this video, like support your local fairs. Throw them a bunch. Yeah. All right, Jay. (laughs) I appreciate having you on the show. Before we go, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. All right. Uh, So I'm going to ask you a handful of questions. Give me your best answer for each. Some of them may be fair related. Some of them may make no sense at all. All (laughs) Just go with it. All right. (laughs) corn dogs or turkey legs corn dogs with what's mustard your, with mustard what's your favorite part of the fair speed round jay come on speed arts round. And arts and crafts arts and crafts really love it. arts and crafts all right i love seeing the creativity oh very cool now if i were to open your uh your itunes or your music player right now which song would it tell me has been played the most steely dan my old school nice do you prefer text messages or phone calls phone calls phone calls you still one of the old school guys that likes to hear the
1: because I, I can talk my way through anything
0: nice first celebrity crush fair faucet fair fair uh and last I one i had the poster yeah <laughs> you've had the poster nice last one first place you want to travel when the pandemic lockdowns end Costa Rica. Costa Rica. That's interesting. We were just Sam and I was just talking about scuba diving there the other day. Back to the jungle. Nice. Jay, what are the dates for Martin County Fair in 2021?
1: February 12 through 20. We're always the Valentine's Fair.
0: And if people want to learn more about the fair, uh, where can they do that?
1: MartinCountyFair.com. Awesome. www.MartinCountyFair.com. Com.
0: Oh, and he did it in the voice. You like that, right? He did it in the voice. Well, Jason, since we won't see each other at IAFE this year, uh, I just want to wish you all the best. Happy holidays to you. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. It was fun. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.